Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports. Uh, My name is Dan Frost. This is the NFL Show, episode 18. And as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. We've got a full house. We've got Alex, we've got Beck, and we've got Stacey. And we've just come off, well, another impressive week of NFL football. Uh, Let's throw it straight out to Beck. Uh, Week five, done and dusted. Talk to me about, I guess, the most impressive performance uh, from the week that we've just seen. Um, obviously it's not the Seahawks this week. Very sad about Russ being out. Um, I did see, however, that, uh, he'll be back in week 10 to play the Packers. We have a buy in between then. So I think that only means he's going to miss three games. So that's not too bad. I think initially it was like six, so I can deal with three, but I want to shout out Michael Dixon, our Aussie punter who had his punt blocked and then had the, um, the smarts to find the ball, scoop it up, and then re-kick it down to the 10-yard line to save that play. So that was pretty impressive. That it's was funny because because Alex has has such a strong opinion on this. I know she messaged during like as it happened, it was like, this is not okay. Stace, I, I guess if we were to label uh week five, it would just be kickers because I mean, we 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 were we got the full experience, didn't we? We we had the the weird and wonderful uh, there in Seattle, and then let's ch- uh, take it over to the Packers Bengals. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'll, I'll let you talk through it, but again, uh, talk us through some of uh, I guess what impressed you out of Week Five. Oh, it's it's special teams. You know, I talk about special teams a lot, and uh, the kicking game is just off the charts this year. And and you just have to love it. Like you got to be a little crazy to play on special teams. Like you need need a little bit of nous about you, a little bit of mongrel. Um, but if we're talking about the Packers and Bengals game, man, this was just craziness. Mason Crosby, you know, a reliable, uh, consistent kicker up until this point where uh, he missed three field goals. Um, playing the Bengals, Bengals missed twice. The plays were one apiece, and this game was like it went to overtime, and then it went back and forth with interception and turnovers, and interception and turnovers just to go into overtime. Overtime with Green Bay to steal it with a Crosby field goal in a penalty shootout NFL style craziness. Like I was just watching it going. I'm watching like the World Cup or something like this. It was just just craziness, and uh, my God, it was just so exciting to watch. Yeah, and, and very quickly we turned to uh, well, we just expected them to miss it, and then it just became a a bit of a uh, yeah, a bit of an entertaining bit of a comedy or comedy of errors, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. Look for me, uh, it was the Bucks. I mean, I, I am checking in with my ex girlfriend there in Tom Brady as I watch my New England Patriots suffer each and every weekend. Look, uh, he absolutely put Miami to the sword, and he's building. Uh, he's finally building his connection with Antonio Brown. I mean. You know, for for you know all of the discussion that Brady and AB have been having behind the scenes for a few years is not for AB to just be a gadget guy. You know, those two were looking to light up this league, and you can start to see that in their play. Um, yeah, Tom Brady, he's looking uh, he's looking incredible. Uh, Alex, what about yourself? Uh, yeah, a bit of a standout for you in Week Five. For me, it's got to be Trevon Diggs and Cowboys. Like, I mean, this guy has six picks in five games. Like he. Like there's a there was a quote I think kind of in the press conference with Jack. He's like, "There's a reason I don't throw to his side in practice." Like 
I mean, it just looks like whenever he's out on the field and that receiver is in his vicinity that the quarterback for whatever team they're playing against is throwing a dig. They're not throwing to the wide receiver. He honestly makes it look like that he's the person that they're actually aiming for. So he, he's been really fun to watch, and I love that he's got six picks right now, and he's just kind of igniting that kind of new Dallas defense, which is looking pretty good coming into week five. All right, guys, well, let's jump into our first segment tonight, the breakdown. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to plan at all. Uh, and they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and let's jump now into week six. And as always, we feature a couple of games here on the breakdown. Alex, let's throw it straight to you because, you know, we, 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 and we, we have sort of built this up over the last couple of weeks. You know, this is a historic match in the NFL. The Chicago Bears uh, come up against the Green Bay Packers. Um, I, I guess take us back to, you know, some of your own experiences attending these games because, you know, we're, we're going to dig into this one and we're going to try and determine who's going to win, but it has a bit of a special meaning for you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is this is a game that, I don't think I ever did it intentionally. It must have been just in my subconscious. But whenever I was in college and I was going home, I was always home for the Packers Bears. Always, 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 always home for the Packers Bears. It was the one game that I always streamed, like whatever time it was on. So for me, this is just like, this is a big game. And there's no way ever that I will ever pick the Packers in this game. Ever. I don't care how the Bears are doing. I don't care how the Packers are doing. I back my Bears 100% in this game. This is a big deal, especially at Soldier Field in Chicago. Like, it's just, it gets like a different ambiance when you're kind of walking around the city of Chicago and you see all the people in their Bears game and then you see someone walking towards you in like the the gold and the green and you're like, please step across on the other footpath if you don't mind. Like, I really don't, like, we don't, I don't want to breathe the same air as you right now. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a fun kind of rivalry, but I, I love it. Like, and for me, I'm always with the Bears 100% on these days. And when we win, oh, it's just the best feeling in the world. I actually think that you guys have potential to win this game. Like, I'm backing the Bears. I kind of, like, your defense has impressed me so much this year. You guys are, like, actually getting some big plays on defense. It's just your offense struggled to be consistent and help get the defense off the field. Like I think where the downfall is, is that offensive spent hardly any time on the field and defense have to back it up. And they're just gassed by the end of the game that they have nothing left. I mean, and if you consider the fact that, you know, they're coming up against Green Bay, obviously, and Green Bay only just beat the Bengals this week, like only just. Um, And again, it brings me to the point that I had last week is are the Bengals good or is Green Bay just kind of plateauing and just kind of doing the bare minimum until Aaron Rodgers needs to turn it on? I mean, I have, I mean, exactly right. The best defense is, is tough. And um, I think that they, they could get, they could potentially get the win. And I think with these types of games, when you come in as like a Chicago player, even, even a Green Bay player, you're playing with such a chip on your shoulder because it is a robbery game. It is a big game. So like everything's a little bit more heightened. Everything's a little bit kind of next level. And I think for this defense right now, who are kind of heightened in the Raiders game because, you know, that's like Khalil Max kind of revenge game, if you will. He was a little bit heightened. But I think what's good for the Chicago offense in the last two weeks that we've seen, especially with this week, is it kind of like – evened out if you will like I think there's been a conversation with fields where it's like hey you don't have to go win the game 
but you need to stay on the field. You need to get first downs. You need to run the ball. You need to move. It doesn't have to all be you and be the big play. So I think that's been kind of nice watching him go. Like he's not putting up big, big numbers. And this is why I think he's still going to have the best, probably the better rookie season is he's not putting up the big flashy number of plays, but he's slowly getting better and better each week. And I think when you're a rookie quarterback, that's key, right? There's a lot of pressure to kind of come out and go, Hey, I've got to get the 50 yard touchdown. Hey, I've got to make this touchdown pass. Like it's week five. He had his first touchdown pass against the Raiders. And it was like for not even that, far of a distance. I think it was, you know, end zone um, goal on play and he was able to chuck it in there. So for me, I like where the offense is going because we're slowly moving in the right direction. He used his receives a bit more. He had Cole commit involved a little bit more in the offense, which I like takes a little bit off the run game. The run game is still key. And I think that's going to be a key one against green Bay. I think their rush defense is where they have a little bit of a hole and a little bit of gap, but also with the defensive line that comes at him, if you watched Aaron Rodgers in his last game with the Bengals and the rush and the pressure he had on the rush, he struggled when he was rolling out of the pocket. He struggled to make the connection with the wide receiver. So if I'm the bears right now, I'm going pressure Rodgers, get him out of the pocket. If you're going to catch him, go catch him because we've got some pretty quick defenders that can otherwise keep the secondary on that man to man mark because they're likely going to get interception because he has not been consistent. At least he wasn't consistent against the Bengals rolling out of the pocket. Yeah, what I really like about um, how your offense is transitioning is the OC and the fact that he's calling the plays and those plays are what is um, playing to Justin Field's strength and, like, you know, handing the ball off to the running backs a little bit more than you guys have been, even though Montgomery's out. I think Herbert and Williams did a really good job this week to step up and take that pressure off Field's a little bit more and let him relax in the pocket and be comfortable and, you know, let the ball go. And, uh, you know, let's just chat about Damien Williams, right? Like, I'm so I'm so glad that I made a move on him in my fantasy team, like, early this week. I'm actually so proud of my fantasy teams for this week. But uh, he's, like, he's just having a great – I think he's just kind of, like, coming into his game and he's finding his place, which, um, you know, is, is definitely giving Fields a little bit more confidence. And, and he's just doing so well despite his situation. You know, you could have said that, you know, Matt Nagy was, you know – performing a little bit of coaching malpractice, you know, when it came to not evolving the offense to suit fields. But now that they've started to make that change, you can definitely see some momentum happening. But, you know, for me, it's it's all about that Bears defense. They really need to get that pressure up, up front, drop that secondary back to make Rogers throw those short routes and kind of just trust that the linebackers are going to be able to cover, you know, Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. And I think one thing we need to mention about this past week is the Bears had zero turnovers on offense, no turnovers, no interceptions, and they were two for two in the red zone. Now, if we move and talk about the Packers, right, they've got the best red zone offense in Aaron Rodgers and who's his big receiver, Devontae Adams, right? That is the best coming into 2021, the best red zone offense. You know, Beck, I'm going to throw to you to get your, uh, to get your tip for this one, but I guess one of the things that I'm seeing with the Packers, and I mean, we've known this for quite a while, but the gap is widening between Devontae Adams and the rest of the offense. I mean, it's just, it, it's unbelievable. Obviously, Devontae had, has had a, a couple of amazing performances, but, you know, guys, the rest of that receiving core, they've really got a lift because, um, you know, it, it just makes it really, really difficult for Rodgers when he has that one superstar 
but he's not able to sort of go out and, uh, you know, get a little bit more production out of others. I, I, I think the, you know, his second receiver had four receptions for, you know, 49 yards. It was, uh, it was you know, a bit of a different one. But Beck, uh, all right, well, look, it's time for our predictions. Let us know what you're thinking about this one. Uh, you mentioned Chicago have a chance. Yeah, I'm I, like... Like you said, it's hard to tell what Aaron Rodgers we're going to get this week. I think it more depends on what Devontae Adams we're going to get on whether um, Rodgers plays good or not. And I think this D-line is just going to get too much pressure on him in the pocket and he's going to have to make, you know, quick decisions outside the pocket that I don't think he necessarily likes doing. Um, It's going to make him a little bit uncomfortable. So, yeah, I think the Bears' defense are going to get over the Packers' offense this week. All right, Alex, tell us why the Chicago Bears are going to win. And just a little bit of a mention on the Packers, de- I mean, Packers defense because, yeah, what's your, what's your thoughts? I mean, it's been a bit of an up-and-down start for those guys and, um, you know, obviously you've got a rookie QB there. Um, again, tell us why the Chicago Bears are going to win and, uh, yeah, your thoughts on this game. I think for some reason the Packers just can't seem to stop a run game. And I think where Chicago relies heavy is on their run and I think they're good and I think – even with Montgomery out when you've got the likes of Williams and Herbert, who just bust through tackles. Like, these guys are not afraid to keep pumping their legs. And I think that's kind of the key thing is, you know, when you're facing a team like the Packers, you just got to keep driving and digging hard for the yards. And I think that's what they're going to do on offense. They're going to get it done on the ground. And I think when they need to, they'll be able to get it done the air because when they need the first downs, Mooney has stepped up, Komet has stepped up, and Robinson and those 50-50 balls, he's likely going to come down with them. So I see that working in their favor. Um, again, like Beck said, getting that pressure from the defense on a Rodgers, I don't think he likes scrambling out of the pocket. And if we look at the two kickers between Crosby and Santos, Santos is seven for seven on field goals and nine for nine in extra points. So Crosby had a heck of a game against the Bengals. So, you know, if it comes down to kickers, I think Chicago has a better kicker. Um, and I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. So I'm am backing my Bears 100% as my underdogs for this week. And Stacey, what about yourself? You know, I, I guess everyone thought the wheels had come off when David Montgomery was injured for the Bears. But yeah, Herbert, you know, he came in and to Alex's point, the post-contact meters to throw in a rugby league reference was unbelievable. Like this guy's tackled, this guy's stopped, and then he's just powering through and getting another 10 yards. I mean, he's doing it on most plays. But um, yeah, to Alex's point, that running game is pretty impressive. What's your prediction for this one? Well, it's all about that yak, isn't it? It's that, you know, it's that yards after carry, the yards after contact. And, uh, you know, that's exactly what is going to get around this uh, Green Bay defense. And, you know, Green Bay are heavy favorites, heavy, heavy favorites at the moment. And um, I think if they can put 23 points on, I think they're going to win. Just because, like Beck said, I don't know how long the Bears' D can hold for if the offense isn't firing. But... Um, if you like this one as an underdog like Alex does, like I'd be I'd be willing to say that this comes within a field goal for sure. These defense are also only separated by one, right? Green Bay are ninth ranked and Bears are tenth. So two solid defenses going up against each other. Yeah, look, for for me, I just can't tip against Aaron Rodgers. I think there's a little bit of a mismatch there at quarterback, just in terms of where Justin Fields is at in his career and a few coaching limitations there with Matt Nagy. So I've got to go with Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, if if you're a Packers fan and if you're Aaron Rodgers, you're hoping that Khalil Mack misses the bus because uh, he is going to cause some problems. And I agree with Stacey. I think this is going to be super close. And, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely one to watch. All right, guys, well, let's jump into our next feature game as we see, well, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, coming up against, well, the uh, struggling New England Patriots. Beck, uh, myself and Stacey are a little bit biased, so we're going to give you the first touch here. 
Talk to us about your opinion on the New England Patriots. I guess, you know, we've had quite a while to, to sort of, uh, I, I guess, plan and be ready for, for life after Tom Brady. You know, not exactly going to plan at the moment. No, I mean, no offence to you guys, but I feel like your team is kind of like blah at the moment. Like there's not a lot going on. Like, I mean, Mac Jones is having a pretty solid start. He's not a terrible quarterback. He's not, you know, a standout quarterback. He's just doing what he has to do to maintain this team. And I think um, in the future, it's going to be your draft picks are going to be very important for you guys in rebuilding this team and finding some of those you know, superstar players and big receivers for him to get the ball to, but also some O-line to protect him as well. Yeah, I'm with Beck. The Patriots are kind of a bit lackluster right now. They're not really, you know, the great team they've always been. But again, they've got a young quarterback. So I guess they're kind of in that rebuilding phase, if you will. But I, I think... You know, Mac Jones didn't have a terrible game, right? He was 23 for 30, 231 yards, one touchdown, one interception. But I think the Texans helped that scoreline because there were quite a few dropped moments that should have been interceptions for the Texans. But also the Pats were outgained in total yards. They lost a turnover battle and they continued to struggle in the red zone. So, like, that was a tough game, like, especially when they held Brady and the Bucks to kind of very minimal points and had a solid showing defensively to come out. And I know we've said that, you know, the Texans are kind of, you know, they're this, this, and that, but I don't think we can kind of throw the Texans aside because they put up a pretty good game and outplayed the Pats for about three quarters. Yeah, that's completely right. And, you know, it's, it's really the teams that don't beat themselves are the teams that kind of make it through this, this season unscathed. And I think that's what Mac Jones is actually kind of good at. He's getting really good at finding ways to win. And it's not necessarily making those big throws. It's not necessarily doing taking it, all the pressure onto himself. But we've spoken about his composure and his poise. And that's something that he's doing really well. And I think the Pats have something to prove with this one. And if I think if they get the win, I think it's kind of a really good starting point to get like rolling into the back of the season. I mean, you know, we're, we're talking, you know, their defense at the moment, like Matt Judon is probably my new favorite player, um, you know, even since preseason, he's just so smart. He can play everywhere. He's like a, he's like that hybrid linebacker, safety, nickelback kind of position. Um, you know, he had three sacks against the Texans, um, brings a great blitz, one fumble recovery. Um, so I think that, you know, on a defensive side of the ball, even though we've lost um, Stephon Gilmore, I think we're still able to pick some stuff up here. Yeah, I think that front seven for the defense has been really good for New England right now, right? So they came up with two big sacks as tall like a Texas drive. In, in this most recent game. So I think that was solid for them and kind of a little bit of a turning point. Um, I also like the fact that they held, they held um, them to 76 rush yards. Like, I mean, that's a pretty solid, solid job. However, 294 pass yards that got thrown on them. So that's secondary struggling a little bit. And I think, you know, that's somewhere where they need to kind of plug those holes, but, you know, credit to Mac Jones who kind of, held his composure in that fourth quarter to go and lead them down the field like he did. And I think one of the great things about New England is they know how to take time off the clock, like strategically, right? People do it, right? And you kind of watch them do it. It's kind of annoying. But New England has, with Brady, and you saw it with Mac Jones, they know how to take time off the clock, get down the field in a position that's going to benefit them. 
And I don't think there's a team that really knows how to do it quite like New England does. And I think that's what Mac Jones is able to do. However, he got away with roughing the passer on third and 18. You know, and I think that was a lucky call for him. Otherwise, I don't think they would have been able to keep going. But um, yeah, Mac Jones definitely showed some great composure in that in that fourth quarter. But that front that front kind of five or seven for the um, New England are, are looking pretty good on the defense. And I think that that's something that you have to give to Belichick. You know, I think I listened to a press conference last week where, you know, Belichick's kind of philosophy isn't about getting the score so much. He he focuses mainly on using the time strategically and moving the ball down the field to a point where if you need to take that field goal, then you can. But, I mean, Hunter Henry is also like someone that I, I loved watching him when he was at the Chargers and, you know, that um, touchdown that he caught today, it was just like, that's why he's here. Um, he's just so, he's really elusive and, and I really enjoy watching him and him combined with Harris and Bolden, I think on the offense, we're starting to get a little bit of something clicking um, and it's looking, it's, it's looking all right. I mean, but this is going to be a super tough game. Yeah, well, you guys have been uh, you guys have been quite polite to my football team, so I do appreciate it uh, emotionally. That definitely helps me. But uh, just to go, uh, yeah, well, just just to whack them a little bit, I think, yeah, part of part of the challenges with the football team is what's confusing is the Patriots are not in win now mode, except they've spent money to win now. You know, they went out and spent a record amount of money, and you know, the Matt Judon, he is our one shining light. He's playing at an unbelievable level, but. it's just a couple of years too early. It's just a confusing rebuild that the Patriots are going through at the moment. The fact they went out and spent so much money to win now, but they are far from, uh, they are far from that. And I think, you know, watching Mac Jones at the moment, he is a game manager. Um, He has a very low ceiling, which I think is a little bit of a concern, which means that as fans, we're going to flirt with, you know, those, uh, you know, those flashy quarterbacks that come through in the drafts over the next few years, which I think the Patriots are going to be in a position uh, to draft a, uh, a talented quarterback in the future. I mean, these are some of the things we're going to be look at, looking at into the future. And the other thing is we, we need to address our running game. For, for all of the talent in that group, we're still sort of struggling there. Um, and then one little excuse to, just to finish off with, COVID wiped out our entire offensive line. So hopefully we can get those boys back fit and healthy and we can see some improvements there. But yeah, definitely, definitely some hard times there in New England. But um, anyway, let's just keep an eye on Matt Judon because he he makes uh, the game worthwhile. All right, guys, well, let's jump over to Dallas quickly and run through their football team. Alex, I'm going to throw this straight to you because this is something we spoke at length about off air is about, you know, this idea around the dual running back situation that Dallas have at the moment. And it really is an effective model on offense moving forward in the NFL. I agree. And I think, when we kind of talked about Dallas coming into the season, it was kind of a little bit like, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if Dak's going to be healthy. We don't know if Zeke's going to perform. We don't know if their new defense is going to happen. I mean, their offense is ranked first. And to be honest, I can't fault their offense too much right now, right? Because there's it's hard to find a weakness, right? In play coverage, they'll beat you with a run, right, between Zeke and Pollard. But if you stack up the box against Dak, he's going to beat you downfield. Like there's, it doesn't matter kind of what's in your repertoire of a playbook right now with Dallas. They have the repertoire to beat you. And as you said, in that running back deal on Elliott and Pollard, I think what's been really good for Zeke is that having Pollard come in takes that pressure off him. He doesn't have to get kind of big, big yards but he's that consistent running back for Dallas because he has been for the past couple of years. So if like they need a third down, they go to Zeke. 
but even Pollard can step up and do that too. Like, and there's kind of like, they understand their role is to work kind of together in that running back role. It's not like, well, Zeke's going to go out and get the first three carries and I'm going to get the third down and be, you know, the hero or whatever. It's like, no, we're going to do our job. Our job is to run the ball. It's to break tackles. And, and it's, you know, to get out wide into space, which if that is one thing you do not want those to do, especially Zeke, like if you give them the space to run or you give them the space, an open field to catch a ball, you might as well just back off and let him score a touchdown. All right, guys. Well, let's jump in and uh, and do our predictions for this one. I think, you know, speaking of Mac Jones, you know, we talk about him being a game manager and a bit of a bit of a limited ceiling. We're seeing that, uh, you know, Dak Prescott, you know, he was kind of labelled that type of quarterback a few years ago. So he gives he does give us a little bit of hope that maybe, just maybe, uh, Mac might be able to sort of hit those heights later in his career. But look, in terms of this one, I'm going to jump in with some bad news for us New England Patriots fans. I think this is going to be a significant blowout loss uh, to Dallas, and I think it's going to be a little bit of a reality check in terms of where this team is actually at. I think there'll be a lot of uh, there'll be a lot of misdirection and a few little quirky plays that are going to be cooked up from uh, from Belichick. But uh, yeah, I just don't think it's going to be enough. I think I think Dallas win this one and win this one big. Alex, what about yourself? Uh, I, yeah, I've got to go with you on that one. I think Dallas is going to win this one. They're going to win it big. I mean, Trayvon Diggs, I would not be surprised if he gets pick six. I, 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 I could see that. That's definitely solid happening. money. That's yeah, solid money. Solid bet on that one. He's just been phenomenal on the defense. Um, as far as the running back game goes, they're strong with Zeke. And they're strong with Pollard. CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, like these guys can't really seem to drop a ball. So, yeah, I, I see Dallas completely walking over New England for this one. Beck, it's been a, it's obviously it's a tough time for you guys there in Seattle, obviously with the Russell Wilson situation. But uh, you know, I think we're about to join you because uh, you know it, it, this is going to be a very very difficult clash for New England, really hitting Dallas at the wrong time. Yeah, kind of. Um, it's going to be an interesting game for Mac Jones and how he performs against this defense. But I feel like we talk about how good. Dak is playing every single week and how he surprised us and, you know, how good this receiving core is at the moment. And I just, I can't think of a defense that is going to match their offense and I can't see anyone stopping, you know, both the run game and the passing game in the Cowboys. So yeah, I'm putting my money on Cowboys this week. And Stace? Oh, it's going to be sad. It's going to be sad because it's going to be a blowout. I mean, uh, Cowboys are very, very heavy favorites right now. Um, you know, they're predicting over 48 and a half points and I'd be comfortable taking that uh, definitely. So uh, yeah, I'm going to have to, we're going to have, everyone's points are exactly right. We're going to have to go with the Cowboys this week as much as it pains me to say. But remember, we thought that the game that the Pats had against the Bucks was going to be a blowout and they showed up and they played hard and they competed. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Not all of us thought that. Not all of us (laughs) thought that. Sorry. Some of us thought that. The majority did, except for Alex, who knew that it was going to be between a field goal and a touchdown. But that, that could happen again this week, right? Like we just, you, you don't know what team's going to show up, so you can't completely rule them out and think it's going well, to be. My, my main concern is really is the defensive scheme that Mac Jones is going to be looking at because even like like looking at it is it's it's weirdly structured. And it's weirdly set out like, and the zone coverage is just, uh, they're just something that we haven't seen before. So that's where it's going to come down to. And yes, pick six for the Cowboys for sure. 
All right, guys, well, let's jump into our final segment tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is saying closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Yeah, and in Rapid Fire, we fire our way through the remaining games. Alex, straight over to you for your blocker games. All righty. So, Eagles Bucks. This one, easy. Like, Eagles just kind of error after error after error, but I don't see them beating the Bucks. Like, you know, Gronk potentially could be back, which would be good. You know, Antonio Brown's doing well with Brady. So, Bucks taking that one cleanly, happily. Bye bye. Jags Dolphins. This is the second London game. This one, I'm going to go with the Jags. Both the Jags and the Dolphins have. Uh, a history of doing well in London. Um, Last time I saw the Jags play in London, they won. Um, So I'm going to give them a bit of magic right now because I think they need it. Um, So I see the Jags pulling off this one just because I think their rushing game is a lot better um, than than the Miami Dolphins. And I could see them kind of having a good – without fans, I think we'll do both these teams good, and I think it'll work in the Jaguars' favor. Panthers-Vikings. Vikings have kind of like had some okay games the last two weeks. I think the Panthers will be looking to bounce back against Eagles because I don't think that was the Panthers side people wanted to see, although I knew they were going to lose, but that's fine. Um, This past week (laughs) against the Eagles. Um, So I think the Vikings are just kind of, they're just putting along, you know, they're not going to win the NFC North. They know that they've beat Detroit. Like, you know, they're nothing special. So I see the Panthers coming back and winning this one against the Vikings. Yeah, no, it's, uh, again, another interesting clash to watch. Uh, all right, Stace, your block of games, and, well, your first one is going to be an absolute blockbuster. Boy, isn't it? It's uh, super exciting, the Ravens and the Chargers. Now, I'm going to take the Chargers as my underdog for this one uh, because if they win against the Ravens in Baltimore, that means that they would have beaten the big powerhouse teams. Like they beat the Chiefs at home, they beat the Raiders at home, to beat the Ravens at home. I think that puts them in serious discussion for topping the topping the division. But it's going to be tough for the Chargers D to contain Lamar Jackson. Like they are super underdogs. Baltimore is a heavy, heavy, heavy favorite. It's going to be high scoring, like because I don't think the Chargers don't know how not to put on high numbers. Uh, scoring at the moment Uh, so that's my pick Um, next one is Giants Rams look we've got no Daniel Jones um, most likely due to that horrendous concussion Um, Rams are good and they're going to keep the Giants to under 10 so I'm taking the Rams for that one I was kind of waiting to see if that was going to be your underdog tip of the week but uh, yeah backup quarterback there I think that's probably asking a little bit too much it's just asking too much too much even even for New York I mean they, they did pull it out the other week um, and then the last one I've got is Colts-Texans. I just can't get on board with the Texans, Texans despite their game against uh, New England, right? Because, like, when I – like, if you can't beat a team with your offense and you can't beat a team with your defense, your running game isn't working, your passing game isn't working either, you have to pull out your misdirection and your fake plays, right? And we saw, like, three fake, you know, kind of – you know, gadget kind of plays uh, from the Texans with one with that horrendous fake punt that like got blocked and was a zero yard return, like out of bounds. It was just horrendous. Like you have to go, what the, what are you guys doing? Like, do you not have any faith in your current offense that you don't have to pull 
backyard football kind of plays out at the NFL. And we're only in week five. Um, so this is I, the Colts are going to take this one, but it's definitely it's not going to be pretty, not going to be high scoring, I do not think. I'm going to jump into my games now. So I've got uh, the Washington football team coming up against the Kansas City Chiefs, and this is my underdog tip of the week. Uh, little Heineke, he is... Well, he's the lion heart of the NFL. You know, this is a guy who came off his football couch to play football last year, and I've just been so impressed with him. Obviously, everyone thought Washington would fall apart after after Fitzmagic uh, went down, but look, he's limited, Heineke, but he's doing everything he can uh, to drag this this team forward, I think. Antonio Gibson is performing quite well at the running back position, and they're coming up at, against, well, you know, we, we've spoken about it on previous episodes, and historically... Awful uh, defense there in Kansas City. And uh, look, it's going to be interesting to see how the Chiefs manage this one because obviously they're going to perform too well to get high draft picks to be able to sort of address this defensive issue. And they're not in a salary cap situation to go out and spend a lot of money on free agents to fix that defense. So the only way they're going to fix it is through coaching. They need to do better. Uh, But for me, I I think they're quite vulnerable. And this would be, well, this would be a huge upset, but it's one that I'm tipping there, Washington, uh, to get the job done over Kansas City. Uh, Moving forward now to the Detroit Lions coming up against the Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously, the Bengals are going to be without Joe Burrow after that that injury in Detroit. Well, everyone's feeling sorry for them at the moment. They're 0-5. They are showing signs. But I think for them, their biggest issue at the moment is they're not a four-quarter football team. If they could just be three quarters, I think they could get their first win of the season. So I don't think they're going to... I don't think they're going to play elite football from start to finish, but if they could just show a little bit more, I think I think they'll do enough to get their first win of the season. So for me, I'm feeling very generous this week. Detroit get their first win of the year coming up against a very talented team uh, despite uh, the loss of their, their quarterback. And then moving through now to the Browns and Cardinals. Look, this is going to be this is going to be an absolute uh, cracking game. And I think you know sometimes yeah you know you just sit back and and, and just enjoy uh, you know this this game. There's so many narratives behind it as well. Baker Mayfield coming up against Kyler Murray. You know, dating back to you know what they did there at college, and there was a lot of comparisons between those two. But for me, look, I've just been really impressed with the way in which uh, you know Baker has slowly matured. I thought he bounced back from one of his worst ever performances, and he was outstanding against the Chargers. The Cardinals, they're undefeated. They're they're breaking all sort of uh, historical uh, records. Uh, but for me, look, I, I think this is the loss that they need to have, and this could set them up into the future. So for me, um, I've got the Browns. I've got the Browns winning this one as well. All right, Beck, round us off. All right, the three games I have, starting with the Broncos and the Raiders. I don't think the Broncos are a real team. Like I think they've just had a really easy schedule. They haven't played a lot of like tough teams. Like the, I just. They haven't shown me anything impressive yet. They're not a team to watch. And the Raiders, however, have started their season with probably one of the toughest schedules and have proven that they can win games, tough games, and have the stamina to keep winning in overtime. So I'm picking the Raiders this week. Um, And then the next game I have is the Steelers-Seahawks. This is a really tough one for me to pick. Like, I just want to point out as well that the Seahawks have the exact same record as the Chiefs at the moment. We're both two and three. And Everyone still thinks the Chiefs have playoff potential. So I'm sticking with it and hoping that Seahawks are still along that schedule as well. Um, Even though Russ is out for six weeks, I think um, Geno Smith, I don't think he expected to come into this game. I don't think he was ever expecting to come into a game. So 
basing how he's going to play this week off last week's performance, I don't think is how it's going to go. I think they've had a week to prep him and plan. He's got a week of training. Um, and I think he's hopefully going to come out and beat the Steelers with Big Ben and his inconsistent arm. Who knows what's going on over there in the Steelers with that offense. Um, and then the last game I have is the Titans and the Bills. This is my underdog tip of the week. I'm tipping the Titans. I know that Bills have a great defense. Um, I think they're right, sorry, ranked third in rushing defense possibly. I, like they let up an average of 68 rush yards per game. Um, however, Derrick Henry, like do I need to say more? You know, he's um, – Best running back in the league at the moment. And I'm just, I'm hoping that he will continue to run hard, you know, feed the beast and he'll keep eating. Um, and I think he's going to eat the bills this week. So that's why Titans are winning. All right, guys. Well, look, that's all the time we have tonight. I uh, just want to thank my amazing panel, always bringing the heat as we talk all things NFL. And to our listeners, hope you enjoyed uh, today's episode. If you did, please download the podcast. Uh, share with your family, share with your friends, and find us on social media. We're available on all platforms. And until next week, we'll see you then.